Welcome to Confessional. I'm Kayla Shelton, along with Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your darkest. Confess to us. We won't tell. So you can tell us anything. No one's listening. On today's confessional, best movies of 2019. All right, everybody, welcome to the confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined as always by producer Jimmy Seleski. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, dude. You upset about this Ravens game? I'm surprisingly, I'm surprisingly uh, more upset than I thought I would be. But it's really, just, it's just a bummer. It's just sure. you know, it's sure. just it's just one of those things where it just feels like we were supposed to be the Super Bowl champions. They let right. you know? We right. were we were, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. Yeah. And we choked. You feel like Lieutenant Dan in the hospital <laughs> yes. with no like, legs yes, on. Yes, yes. Like, it was our <laughs> destiny. In other words, you are a war hero, Jimmy. Yes. That, yeah, that's, that is what I was you trying really to say, are. actually. That is exactly what I was tra- getting at. Um, Jimmy. Yeah. Where can people find confessional if they are crazy enough to want to <laughs> drop their confessions on here for us to review horribly? <laughs> if you decide to do that for some reason. Uh, we are confessional <laughs> podcast on everything. On so everything. that's Spotify, right. iTunes, mm-hmm. all streaming services. PBS. Uh, also. PBS, yeah, public act, WB Network, and the CW <laughs> as well. We're on those UPN. just recently. But you can also submit your own confessions to have them read by us at the Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash confessional podcast. That's confessional podcast on everything. Yes, and you also have a podcast, Jimmy. Yeah, I do. I do it with comedian Eric Glazer. It's called Live from the Studio, uh, and you can follow us, LFTS Podcast on everything. We record out of the same studio, so it's the same mediocre audio quality, quality you've come to know and love. A sister podcast. A sister, say. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All That's right. Very nice. And our guest today, Jimmy... This gentleman is a very talented musician. He's a very talented comedian. Will you please welcome my friend, Byron Brooks. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming by, Byron. Uh, it's great. I'm great. glad you can have me. How are you feeling about the Ravens? I could really care less. Yeah. <laughs> Were you never a sports guy? Um, I'm an individual sports guy. Um, I used to be mixed martial artist, um, so I'm into you know boxing, kickboxing, MMA, right, I, right, tennis, golf. Pretty not much. a team guy. Not a team guy. He's not got a purple and black hoodie player. on, but it's uh, <laughs> for more time. Yes. So. <laughs> not quite. Now, Byron. Yes. We were tell first of all, tell us a little bit about what you're doing as far as stand up music, anything you got going on. Um, right now, um I am a coach over at Ground Control Owings Mills. It's a mixed martial arts um studio out mm. on Owings Mills Boulevard. If you're looking to get in shape or to learn self defense or become a fighter, come see us. Awesome. Um an also, you can see me pretty much anywhere, Baltimore, DMV area for comedy. I have a show next week in um, Silver Spring. I have a couple of shows n- next month around the same area, Rockville. Um, cool. The following month, I uh, have some stuff in Baltimore. So um, you can find me at Byron Brooks Comedy on um, Instagram or just Byron Brooks on Facebook. All my stuff is on there if you want to come see me. 
Now, Byron. So ground control, that's so they teach. I feel like all mixed martial arts, they teach self-defense. I just want to learn how to just kick somebody's ass for no right, reason. Right, <laughs> where do I learn how to <laughs> just attack here. people? Yeah, where are those people learning? It's always. that's what I. I understand they have. Because those are the guys who are always fighting, supposedly. Where are <laughs> right, they right. training? I understand yeah, if, you, if you head down to West Cobra Baltimore, <laughs> just walk down right. the street, you'll, you'll get a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Byron. My mic's definitely on, right, Jimmy? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. Byron, we were supposed to discuss Marilyn Manson today. We were. Uh, but Rose, who I really wanted to co-host that episode, <laughs> uh, isn't here. Now, we scrambled last minute. We're going to make it work. We're going to have you back for the Marilyn Manson episode Thank in the future. Uh, but instead, today, we're going to discuss best movies of 2019. Sounds like a plan. A pretty good year for movies, if you ask Very me. Very good year for movies, I, I think. I think it really was. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think, Jimmy? This is actually one of the topics that I feel like I could really adequately participate in. Right. Because yeah. I actually did watch a lot of movies this year, surprisingly. I'm not a, usually a big movie guy. Now, what, what made the change for you? Just a lot of good stuff out there? A or? lot of free time. All right. <laughs> free time. <laughs> that usually okay. works. A lot of living directly across the street from the Cinemark in Towson. It's mm -hmm. kind of hard not to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. All right, so let's 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 think about some movies that came out this year. We had uh, Lighthouse, we had The Joker, Joker, Parasite, Avengers, The Irishman, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Dirt. Yes, Once Upon a Time. Oh, The Dirt. Yeah, oh, I forgot, I forgot about, that about the Dirt. That yeah. was an excellent movie. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into a confession here. Um, Let's see what Wade Prather from Louisville, Kentucky thinks. Louisville. Yeah, Kentucky. I really wanted to say Wade Panther from Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. <laughs> the Joker. All that hype seemed to me to be distracting from the themes of class separation and consequence of defunding mental health care uh, addressed in the film. A lot of hype around the Joker. ton of hype. A lot of people were, uh, were worried that someone was going to... Uh, shoot up a, a theater or do something crazy like that. Thankfully, nothing happened. No. <laughs> Thank um, God. There's, there almost seemed to be like a political agenda with the, with the, the, the pre-release backlash against uh, the Joker. It's definitely a timing thing, I think. <laughs> they released it during a time where there was a lot of backlash. Well, it's a, it's a council society, and mm -hmm. a, lot of, mm -hmm. um, a lot of stuff about, you know, mental health going right. on so i think it was it was a timing thing of them putting this out mm -hmm, hopefully mm -hmm. so it'd be you know so they could sell but i think it was a great movie i yeah. thought it was too yeah i liked it there was definitely some obvious uh homages to the current political climate right now like the mm -hmm. the guy running for mayor at the time was definitely i mean that was definitely supposed to be trump and yeah like, yeah the people like there were some of the signs were like direct like thing pictures i've seen in like real marches sure. and protests <laughs> that they like kind of like transformed into that universe right, right so that was definitely what i did appreciate about it was that they didn't make the joker a political figure mm -hmm. is yeah. that in fact That's throughout great. the movie the common theme was that there was this intense political climate but the joker's whole thing the entire time was like i don't give a f i'm not one of yeah. you and i'm not one of them right, like right. i just want you know i just i want to watch the world burn type of thing mm -hmm. which i appreciated mm -hmm. because they could have done what a lot of movies tend to overdo in my opinion 
which is take an obvious side and do all right, this. Right, right. It annoys me. It takes me out yeah. of it. I like movies that that don't take a side and make you kind of think like some people are going to side with one side or the other. You know, like yeah. you have different opinions. Also, I will say on the other end, uh, I think they I think they did the whole mental health thing tastefully. I I I'm one I of the think people, so too. I'm one of the people yeah. who tends to think that. Uh, I think the whole talking about mental health and things has kind of become like a weird, in a weird way, like a fad. Like it's like cool to talk sure. about your like stupid shit and reality. It's just like, dude, come on, just stop being, just stop being a fucking loser. <laughs> in my opinion, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, you know, I, I just, I feel like there's people who there's have real issues. There's a lot of issues. made up, yeah, made up issues. Yeah. I think nowadays where people are like, I am this or I am this. I don't know if like, I agree with yeah. that. I, I hear you. Like, yeah, it can become like kind of a crutch or an excuse or whatever. Yeah. And I probably when I was younger, I probably kind of used it as an excuse to not get off my butt and do things. <laughs> but at the same time, I really do think there is a wave of new mental health issues that mankind has just never really had to deal with before. True. Yeah, that could be true. Uh, I'm, there's definitely true. there's definitely legitimate people. There's definitely people out there with legitimate issues. I just think uh, I think that you know, along with every wave of things, there's there's people that kind of sure. jump on and want to yeah, be part absolutely. of this thing and talk about their trauma. And it's like, dude, you. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> but I think getting back to the movie and mental health issues, I think it it showed, you know, people that, you know, there are people with mental health issues. And I, li- I like the quote that he used, um, you know, you expect a person with mental health issues to not verbatim, but to to act like a right, normal, yeah. normal human being when. Yeah. You know, we have mental health issues. How am I going to act like mm-hmm. a normal human being? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that message came across really strong in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, and also, it's like can't can't what there just be a movie about a guy going insane? You know, like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it doesn't have to like be this. It happens. State. It doesn't have to be like a societal kind of statement or whatever. Like I don't know. It's just like uh, can't we have like a taxi driver or uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like one true. of those movies. Yeah, it's not true. like not every movie has to like be a. I, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting to watch Especially a perspective being, of somebody yeah. in that mindset. You Especially know? it being a comic book movie. Mm. You know, they mm-hmm. definitely took it to the seriousness of. The oh yeah, movie. I mean, I thought that was incredible. Yeah. Like how they. I almost think that might be DC's kind of sweet I think spot so. is getting <laughs> serious. So. You know, like the, yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy was much yeah. more serious than. You know, any Marvel, which I find preferable to the the Marvel. Yeah, me shit. too. Really me too. Yeah. If it's done well, if it's, it's done well, right, it's got to be done well. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's something to be said for like fun, yeah. you know, action adventure. Super. Not that I'm really into that, but like I'm sure there's yeah. there's something appealing yeah. to. Yeah, but you got to do it. You got to do it in a way that's palatable to adults. Right, but if you, you can know? do a serious one, I don't know. There's something about like taking archetypal tropes like that, like the hero's mm-hmm. journey type of thing. And making it serious, like if you can capture the drama mm-hmm. that and, and the make, emotion and all, then that, that's yeah. a brilliant. Well, thing I think that do. was a truly good origin story because first of all, you have the you have the whole thing where Joaquin Phoenix is asked to play the role. Not that you know Jared Leto played uh, the Joker in the movie recently, but that I mean he was barely in it. I, I didn't even see the movie. I hear it was like a very minor role, and it was just kind of like it was a super. Uh, uh, what was the Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah it was a very fun. He made maybe Super Size Squad. I mean, sorry, Super Size Squad. Super Super Size Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. He had like maybe seven minutes in the whole movie. Yeah, so oh. it was yeah. like it was kind of like forgotten about, and people didn't really count that in the whole thing. But Joaquin Phoenix is asked to take over, perhaps one of the most. I mean, Heath Ledger's rendition of mm-hmm. the Joker in The Dark Knight is like one of the most 
iconic absolutely roles. Yeah. and people were saying the same thing about jack nicholson's absolutely. before that you yeah know? Absolutely. yeah it goes to show you that anything can there's no excuse of like well it's already been done so good we can't yeah. do it it can you know? always like, be done better because they're yeah. all always, such yeah. unique interpretations of mm. the character like heath ledger's was was like uh you know but then you see joaquin phoenix and he took a much more vulnerable approach to it mm-hmm. you know with that origin story one thing i will say that was like i found phenomenal about that movie was the character development of how you saw the slow, I don't even want to say decline, because it was almost like a rise into mm-hmm. what he was. He starts out as this pathetic fucking loser, like right. weirdo, and then he just slowly just becomes this like maniac who's like, I don't give a fuck about <laughs> you, nihilistic. And it's like, it wasn't, you know, there's certain movies where the, like the you go. Life from, of a stand up. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, you go from yeah. like one, one scene to the next. And it's like you kind of wonder, like, how do we get here? Like, how did it become? But it was like mm-hmm. the progression was so gradual and so smooth. It was like you could follow it mm-hmm. just yeah. the way they encapsulated that in two hours or whatever it was. And they didn't make him this like mastermind. They didn't make right, him this right. over yeah, the top. Yeah, I did like that. Evil that, that was one of the, the low points of the Heath Ledger one is like he was so he came in omnipotent. <laughs> like yeah. every it's like almost unrealistic to like have it. I, I mean, in fact, it is really unrealistic. Like mm-hmm. some of the plots and stuff he had in that movie. Yeah. The only thing I was kind of looking for was a connection to the roles because I don't know if necessarily they're just doing these entire every every Joker is in a different universe and it's a different interpretation. I was looking for maybe at the end when I was hoping that at some point at the end of the movie he was going to do the cuts on his mouth to be like you know where I got these scars and then tie yeah, that into that Heath almost Ledger's. could have worked, but I feel like that would have been sacrilege for a lot of people because they love the fact that the Heath Ledger one yeah. has never been touched on. I in think anything I else. heard that they were planning to do something like that at mm-hmm. the end but they didn't it was like copyright infringement or some shit yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah, yeah i mean it company. would take a bold movie director to to make that choice yeah to be like we're connecting this to the heath ledger one mm-hmm. but they almost could have done it with this one i, I mean, think you know, i think like, it was a totally good enough i think it was a good enough reprisal that people would have appreciated it mm-hmm. if it was a shitty movie if jared leto was cutting right, cars right. in this fucking thing <laughs> <it wouldn't laughs> yeah it also it goes to show you too that like i always think about like in the 60s with like the the campy tv batman like who would have ever thought that like some of the best performances in cinema history would come from playing the joker you <laughs> yeah, know that's true. it goes to show you like anything can be done well and like any story can be turned into something potent in the right hands yeah good right you know i mean also the only joker to ever employ the the maniacal laugh he yeah, did that laughing yeah. thing, and that was a big thing in the comics, as I understand. Right. But like the Heath Ledger didn't have that, like yeah, it's, ah! like yeah, it's hard uncontrollable, to pull off. right? And right. the only one to really Ham- talk about Hamill, the stand-up thing either. Hamill had the best laugh. Mark Mark Hamill. Yeah, a lot of people series. love the animated uh, Mark. Uh, I, I okay. want to do a straight Joker laugh. episode. Of See, the I don't. I, don't cool. I, I always I always forget to consider the. I always talk about the movies. I always forget to consider the animated series as well. Yeah, I mean, Batman but, is uh, shockingly. Uh, well done subgenre. Of, yeah, you know it, what I mean. It it's really like, is. It's so weird how it's like gangster movies and Batman are like some of the best <laughs> cinema ever put out there. You know, it's like who would have thought those two yeah. genres? Uh, but we should seriously do like a full Joker episode. Yeah, be sweet. The that would be sweet. All right, another one is from Ben Green, Baltimore, Maryland. For me, it's Us. I know a lot of people liked Get Out better, but I thought Us was thrilling. I also really liked. Bombshell, great story about developing a collective consciousness. 
Uh, and he goes on to say, I also like the Irishman, Marriage Story, and Last Black Man in San Francisco, but I thought they were depressing and have no urge to see him again. Hated Midsummer and hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, a lot to talk about there <laughs> for Ben. Um, I agree. I think Us was better than Get Out. I have not seen Us yet. Oh, man. Uh, I want to see it, though, because I loved Get Out. You loved Get Out. Get Out was are, great. Are you a horror guy, Byron? Yeah, yeah. I definitely okay. I like horror. Definitely do. I thought Us was better than Get Out. I thought Us was, like, a little bit more, like, the thing I did, like, I loved Get Out. The one thing that I thought was a little off, though, was, like, how it was so firmly in the real world and then all of a sudden they're like swapping brains you know and so yeah, like it, it went like too true. far into like <laughs> sci-fi us was similarly fantastical mm-hmm. but it it immersed us in that surreal world from the beginning you know gotcha. what I mean? it gotcha, just had a gotcha. better balance to like the the real and the surreal, you know what that I mean? That is one thing that about movies that does bug me is when a movie... I, I fix it. We're good now. Okay. Uh, is that I just forgot to plug in the freaking cord. <laughs> Idiot. But uh, um, that when it starts... It, to me, it's like if you want to have a fantastical movie, if you start it out that way uh-huh. and you set the tone from the very beginning, like this is going to be right. something that's going to stretch your imagination, you're going to have to suspend your disbelief for a while and just enjoy mm-hmm. the story. I can get down with that, but I yeah. do yeah. get disappointed when there's movies that start off for the entire first half as mm-hmm. this very real close-to-home thing, and then the twist is some yeah, yeah. unbelievable tra- extraterrestrial right. shit, and it's like... The presti- oh, that ruined the prestige for a lot of people, I think. Have you guys seen that? I've not seen the yes, prestige. the prestige. Is oh, wait, good. I think I did. I, I love that movie, honestly, but a lot of what people was, were like, how is this... Uh, with uh, the magicians... Magic. Yes, Wolverine that versus was it. Batman. The, that I, I watched. <laughs> yeah, it's Wolverine versus Batman. I watched the Prestige recently, and I will say that the fact that the magic trick, instead of being some awesome, like you know, mind bending right, like right. trick, clever, like it was literally magic. It was literally magic. It was basically it real was magic. literally magic. What it the was hell technology was that doesn't exist. But it was like it was like a bending of like Nikola Tesla's whatever the fuck that Tesla coil that whatever the hell that thing was. It was a real thing, but it didn't fucking make people materialize out of thin air in different right, places. Right. It's like I was looking for like a much more close to home magician versus sure. magician like two guys grinding and trying to beat each other and they're like you know it was the same thing with, I didn't see us but right. get out it did kind of bug mm-hmm. me that it just mm-hmm. kind of took that weird yeah. left turn I mean, us wasn't like a totally fantastical it wasn't like a David Lynch movie or anything but it like it was just enough weird from the beginning that it yeah. didn't, it didn't yeah. feel yeah. like uh or like Cabin in the Woods mm. was a was a movie. I was just about yeah. to say that Cabin that in the Woods a took a left turn. But right. I didn't mind <laughs> that because it's already it was already like there were already like monsters in it. And uh, true. So it's uh, like, that's true. It's like it's already fake. I will say one exception that does that really well, where it it does start off very much in the real world, is The Exorcist, because they they took such that's a skeptical true. approach in it. That it that it's like you believe it somehow that everybody's like no there's no way this is a demon like including yeah. the the priests and everything yeah you know like uh, if there's the, like the right amount of skepticism then I, I feel like that can work I, I just look at it as like I, I look at it as kind of a cop out almost when people do that when mm-hmm. if you're gonna start something in the real world I almost feel like the the weird twist into like the unimaginable mm-hmm. is just them not being able to come up with a realistic conclusion to their movie. A lot of times, yeah. Like, yeah. The, you know, The Prestige is a perfect example. I'm glad you brought it yeah. up. Because a it lot, really yeah, did. a lot of people hate on that movie because of that. I like I it, liked though. I don't, I don't know why, but it works. I, I thought it was a good movie. But yeah. I was vastly disappointed. Yeah, like, a lot of people hated 
that if it would have ended the way I was hoping it would have ended, it would have been one of my favorite movies. But it, it right. didn't. It ended mm. some weird way, and I was just like, okay, this mm. is just a movie I saw. It was good. I was entertained. Right. But like, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm okay with that one. I can see why people don't like it, but like, I don't know why. Like, I was like, somehow that just makes. I, I think that the message at the end was like, this is a movie and it's a magic trick, and this mm-hmm. is what like you know, like we're allowed to it's do. It's like that. you build, you build like the premise, and then you right. build like the ending, and the whole yeah. point of a movie like that is to right. bridge that gap. Yeah, and the lame, it's it's part of the job of a filmmaker <laughs> is to have clever explanations for yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Like, in the new Terminator, I was a little disappointed that they're just kind of like, oh, there's another Skynet, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, it's, really? it, you can do <laughs> it's that. It's like duct taping it together to me. You can do that, but yeah. give me a really clever, like, potent way of how that happened and why. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't just pass it off like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron, what would you say is your number one of 2019? Oh, man. My number one of 2019. Believe it or not, I was very entertained. I was very entertained by a lot of Netflix movies this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Six Underground totally blew me out of the water. Six Underground, what is that? It is is a Michael Bay film, and it has... um, who was it? Deadpool? What's his name? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. Ryan Reynolds. It's about, about it's about six mercenaries um, mm-hmm. that I forget the plot, but it's 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 a Michael Bay film. Yeah, right. Shoot 'em up, explosions, really yeah. good special effects for a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite movie of the year, though, is probably The Irishman. You think so? Uh, I think mm-hmm. so. The Irishman. Um, Would you put that up there with like Goodfellas and Godfather? Hmm. It's it's close. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as is. I don't think it's as good as a casino or a, or a good film. Really, I thought it was better in casino. Uh, I may have to go back and look at casino again. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's up there though. It's yeah. definitely up yeah, there. Definitely. I liked it. It's one of those movies that I didn't mind it being three hours. Sure, it was great yeah. to get like a, a slow burning, slow paced, like well acted movie. Well acted, finally, you know, like good pace movie. So it kept me engaged. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to have like um, Endgame. Three hours long. Mm-hmm. Irishman probably kept my attention better than it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you see the Irishman, Jimmy? I did, and I think that I think Netflix is a perfect medium for a movie like that. Yes, absolutely. Three-hour yes. movie, right? In right. Movie yes. theory, you know? And it's great that now they can do that again. There was a time there where it was like everybody was scared to make a movie like that because no one was going to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Like now now you Netflix, can, you can now, do it. Yeah, again. I'll sit at my house. I watch it in three different sessions. You know, and it's right. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, I like. I, I'm, I'm, I was a. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I'm not a, first. I'm not a huge movie head in. The, in to begin with, mm-hmm. but as far as directors go, I really do appreciate what Martin Scorsese. Scorsese sure. I appreciate his style. Yeah. I like his I kind of it. breaking of the fourth wall that he does, where like you'll be the narration, and, and then he'll yeah. come back and be like, "See, in this moment, I, I like, yeah. I like, <laughs> right, right, yeah, um, it's cinema. It's like yeah. real cinema." Yeah. Goodfellas, probably one of my favorite just movies in general, yeah, not yeah, even yeah. Yeah. movies in general. It's I hard think, to touch Goodfellas. I think man. that yeah. it's almost sacrilege to say that you know anything's better than Godfather, but if I were to put in my own personal list, I'd say Goodfellas is probably my favorite yeah. mafia movie. I got to admit, I, I never quite got, got The Godfather God- the way everyone else does. I didn't either. Um, it's a good movie, but I put mm. I definitely put uh, Goodfellas over I, The I'd Godfather. I'd put The Irishman and Goodfellas above it, I think. I think I would put The Irishman over the it, The only too. thing yeah. I would say, I appreciated it, but almost it kind of took me out of it in some moments with The Irishman. There were a lot of 
it's the second time I've used this word today, <laughs> homages. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, you know, we're talking about movies, whatever. There were a lot of homages from the Irishman to the Goodfellas in there. There was a lot of little mm-hmm. stuff. Crazy I, Joe, yeah. mm-hmm. Gallo yeah. was mentioned. Which there they, was a list. I liked how they tied him together. There mm-hmm. was a scene where, like, there's a scene in Goodfellas where uh, the singer's up on stage. Yeah, yeah. My heart. And in the, cause in the bar scene in the Irishman, that... Song right. was playing in the background, but like the only the instrumental version. Uh, and I was like, yeah. cool. So it was cool how he did a lot of things like that. I feel like the only the only criticism I did see was like the aging effects they did. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was one scene where Mar- where Robert De Niro, after he finds out the store owner like pushed his daughter, he goes in there and like beats the shit out of the store owner mm-hmm. in the street. And it looks like a ninety year old man. Yeah, yeah the stomping scene was so. <laughs> I was like, dude, you have a you have a multi hundred million dollar budget for this movie. You gotta get a better fucking right. kick than they that. Could've, dude. They could have got a stunt man. Yeah. 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 And Al Pacino yeah. looked pretty I mean, you know, Jimmy Hoffa wasn't young, but he wasn't yeah. like eighty. Dude, yeah. I did and not he, know that, that was Al Pacino. You before the, I watched that movie, you said something we were talking on the podcast and you were uh, like, Yeah, Al Pacino's in it. it I took watched me a second. I watched that entire movie, he woke up the next morning, job. was talking about it with somebody else. I was like, Yeah, the guy I produced podcast for he was saying Al Pacino's in it, but I think he meant Robert De Niro. He was like, No, dude, Al Pacino was uh, Hoffa. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I he never did a great job. Guess he did that. a great job. He did a great job, but I did kind of feel like he looked a little too elderly. Like uh, <laughs> well, the way like, his back is like hunched over now and everything. I wasn't know, really like, familiar enough with the real Jimmy Hoffa to catch on to that. He was old, but he wasn't. He, know, wasn't he was like a, probably yeah. fifty or so. You know, yeah. maybe a little older. And you know, people back then just looked like crap when they were. Yeah, <laughs> Scorsese just wanted some A-list actors. On yeah. This. yeah, yeah, and the I, he did a good job, but like. Pesci did an excellent job as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a great, like, message, you know, just like he's all that that he did and went through, and he's just alone in a retirement, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. just desperately trying to talk to somebody, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah. It was like, uh, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. I, I do appreciate how Scorsese's Mafia movies always kind of take that, like, I, I love the, like, this is, like, the peak when we're running shit, we're killing everything, <laughs> we're killing it, and then and it's, it like... it shows you the decline. Yeah, the decline. Right. Yep. Right. That was like another... your, it's almost a training montage too. You know, yeah. it's like a Rocky yeah. montage of like the money and the women and the guns yeah. and like just has sometimes that like gangster kind of. That's also something that I appreciate about a lot of like the true Hollywood, like uh, like the Dirt, for instance, yeah. which we can talk about yeah. later. But yeah. like one of the things about those types of movies is like my favorite part of that. There's always like the beginning where they're all like nobodies and they're all just like right, right. trying to rehearse, and then the middle of the movie is when they're like fucking chicks and doing all kinds the of indulgence porn, awesome, <laughs> and it's fucking sweet, and they're killing shows and selling out and then the end is like so depressing when right. just, I just want a movie where it's just the first two parts <laughs> the upcoming and then just two hours of just fucking doing blow and yeah. having a great time yeah. I always joke and say like my my music career is like if you took the beginning and end of those movies and skipped the whole fucking <laughs> right, right. Right. That's, fun part. that's where I'm at musically <laughs> yeah. wow. Um, all right. I'm going to come out and say my favorite of 2019, The Lighthouse. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't see that, that one. Neither of you saw The Lighthouse? No. Oh, my God. Must have sucked, so dude. Good. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, by Robert Eggers, who made The Witch, one of my other favorite movies okay. of recent times. And it was more surreal than The Witch. It was, it was almost like David Lynch-level surrealism. Okay. Um, but it was basically about men going insane, you know? Like uh, men and ego going at it with each other. So more of a thriller than a horror? <laughs> 
It's hard to say hard what to it say. was. It's just like a character, just a character study of two people, you know? Yeah. It was a little horrific at times, but it definitely wasn't a horror movie, I wouldn't say. Um, it, was, it did feel, it had like a Universal's Monsters kind of feel to it as far as just like the look and the lighting and everything. It had that like 30s kind of feel. Um, but it was just such an atmosphere piece. Wow. And um, it's one of those movies where you almost like walk out and you're like, I don't even know why that was brilliant. It just it <laughs> yeah. got into my like psyche. Yeah. And you, you know, said like, it's the same guy who yeah. made The Witch, yeah. right? Because yeah. I felt the same way about The Witch. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I like that movie so right, much. Right. I didn't get the ending. Yeah, that's. I love it when a director can do that. Like mm-hmm. it's like when it's like you don't, you know, it's it's like the the rule in movies is like show don't tell. Normally, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Not that it always has to be like that, but it's that's it's, true. It's more potent when it when you know you show instead of tell. But I feel like there's another level above that that's like feel. You know, like mm-hmm. when they just get like all the atmosphere just right, that it just somehow like gets yeah. under your skin. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I'll have to um, check that out. That was when did that come out? A couple months ago. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna Maybe say like earlier four there or were, five months ago. There were a couple movies that were brought up in that list from earlier that like I almost feel like if you came out at the beginning of the year, I forgot that that was just last year. Right. Oh yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah, yeah. like I'm thinking of a movie right now that came out at the beginning of the year that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. What is it? It's uh, like, dude, that was 2015. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah. I, was I, that 2019? Yes. Are you serious? That was a bit. That yeah, was like, like Feb- a while old. ago. That was like yeah. February of 2019. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, that was a good movie, dude. That was a really good movie. And I went into that not <laughs> yeah. expecting that to be yeah. like, because I'm not a big, like, animated right, in the first right. place. And, like, yeah, I honestly still, I'm still in my head, I'm like, there's no way that's a good movie. Like, <laughs> even though everybody <laughs> said great. it's, like, amazing. It was, like, it was just I amazing. I still don't believe it. <laughs> but I know I'm probably wrong, but, like, it's just, amazing. When yeah. he meets up with, like, the other, like, weird versions of Spider Man from the other universes, that was just, I mean, it was just so well done. It, was well it took done. me a second to get into, I'm not going to lie, like, the first 15 minutes, I was like, it's going to be hard for me to adjust to the fact that this is like an animated movie mm. and everything's kind of like switched up on me. But once I once I just stopped caring, I it was like, this is really got good. back to just having, I don't know who directed that movie, but whoever was the director did an excellent job. Hmm. I mean, they really conveyed the story well. It did had some things like they did with, um, like Scorsese does, how he goes into narration yeah. and yeah. Has, breaks the third wall, the fourth mm-hmm. wall and all that kind of, it mm. was, just well done movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a really well mm-hmm. done movie. So when he goes into different spider universes, does that mean like the other movies? No. no. Which would be a cool concept. That though. would be a cool concept. Yeah, like if they brought back like <laughs> Toby Maguire. Yeah. Like. I can't remember the exact like what so it was, but like he um so Miles Morales, who's the black Spider Man, was um he got his powers, um, but all of a sudden some type of reactor caused um Spider Man from parallel universe to be trapped in his universe hmm. and the whole movie is about him getting them back home to their universe hmm. and there's stuff you know there's stuff that goes on you know right. some death some things like that but it's it's an emotional movie <laughs> like it's did, yeah. it ha- did it have the it's Spider-Man? got comedy it's got action it's yeah. got emotion like nice. are they making a sequel to it they are i think so it's kind of like a com- 2022 yeah, like a i think yeah comedic type of deal like the, yeah. it's like the 40 the the 40 year old version of like peter parker who's like out of shape he's got a dad right. bod yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like spider it's like 1930s spider-man like, did they bring in the uh spider-man from um uh, three two one contact 
No. Do you remember that? No. I remember that. <laughs> Jimmy's way too young for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they brought Spider Pig in. That was really yeah, cool. yeah. It was like yeah. it was very. Nice. It wasn't. It didn't take it itself too cheek. seriously. It was yeah. very much right. like a kind of cartoony yeah. thing. Now, are these are all versions of Spider Man that exist in the comic books somewhere? Yes. Or? All of them wow. exist in the comic books. Wow. Spider Pig exists. Yep. So does yeah, Spider Man no, Noir. Yeah. yeah. Spider Pig has his own comic book. Yeah, I think it was like a funny. Uh, it was uh, like yeah. a joke thing, wasn't it? Yep. It was like a funny. See, comic I did book. not know that. I, yeah. I I am not a big comic book guy, <laughs> so this stuff always takes me by surprise. Oh, you should yeah. see the picture. Oh, I have. What about? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Comic books. I have a room full of comic books. It's <laughs> ridiculous. My wife's trying to burn them. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um. What about uh, Spider Man 2099? 2099. I think he's supposed to be in the next Spider-Verse yeah. movie. I think yeah. that's... yeah. There's I remember that him. era of comic books. That was about the same, same year as, as New Metal and Rap Rock. No, that was before that. You think so? No, that was like 91, 92. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's when that I, was in, I was still into comic books in middle school. Rap Rock was like 99. Not, yeah, you're, yeah right. That was you're right. Which now, like eight years is nothing. But back then, <laughs> it was a whole... Yeah, several lifetimes whole, away. Yeah. Eight different phases of the universe. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, that was a good that was a good uh call the Spider-Verse, dude. I yeah. literally thought that was like two, three years ago. <laughs> that <laughs> was this year. That was All a good right. flick. Let's look up another confession here. This one is from Megan Chinowith, Westminster, Maryland, Avengers Endgame. It was a fitting end to that part of the MCU saga. Plus Iron Man went out like a badass. Uh, which I wasn't sure of, but I had <laughs> heard uh, from what I heard, it kind of made sense. Can't wait to see what's next, uh, what the next bout of movies holds. So this whole Marvel universe, this is uh, a curious phenomenon for me because I should love it. I think because I, you know, I I had a big comic book phase as a kid. I always loved the superheroes, even when I wasn't into comic books. I loved like the cartoons, the action figures, yeah. and stuff. Um, but somehow this just isn't capturing my imagination, and it should. Like this is my sixth grade's dream, <laughs> like these big budget, well made, interconnected movies. Like that's well total made. fantasy like for. And and I usually am in this stuff that I was into in sixth grade. You know what I mean? Like that stuff sticks with you forever. And somehow I I just can't stay into it's it. It's an investment of time and money. Right. I right. think that's what turns a lot of people off from yeah. the Marvel movies. It's not that they're bad movies, but you know if you if you don't have a lot of being comedians mm-hmm. um, and musicians, <laughs> if you don't have a lot of time on your hand, Marvel move trying to keep up with every Marvel movie just isn't feasible. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I got time for yeah. good cinema, you know, yeah. if it's like you know, if if it's good enough, I'm I'm you know, I can take the time to invest myself in that world. I definitely I definitely immerse myself because I st- I still collect comic books. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm constantly you know, seeing these Marvel sure. movies and then comparing them to the storylines right. and the comic books and stuff. But it's I think with Endgame, it got to the point where it was just like all right, I, I just don't need to see every Marvel movie. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I don't need to see all of them. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Not that I don't dislike them, but I think they just flooded. They're really flooding the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I don't know if you guys um, follow mixed martial arts or UFC. Yeah. It went from them having a pay per view once a month, once every other month. And then they got bought out by this big Chinese company, uh, Japanese company. And now they have an event every weekend. 
Nobody has time mm. to follow. You, yeah. People don't even know who the fighters are anymore yeah. because yeah. it's just mm. so much going, so much content. Yeah, mm. I think the same thing is happening with Marvel. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I also think as a person who's not necessarily like myself, uh, again, I'm not. I've never been a big comic book guy. Mm. I've never been super, super into super superheroes. Like you know, I've had kind of an adjacent interest like any growing kid would. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that's difficult... You don't cosplay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do any of that. <laughs> but one of the things that makes it difficult for me, and I was saying like how cool it would have been if the Joker was connected to the other Joker, and it's like, that's awesome. But also the downside of the whole like super interconnectivity of the movies is I feel like now they've made like 19 Marvel movies and I don't know if I'm just able to jump in mm. at a specific one. And it's mm. like, if it's almost like if you haven't been following it yeah. from the first one, they say like Captain America was like the first. Yeah, like I tried to watch them in order. The order you're supposed yeah. to yeah, watch. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like trying to jump into <laughs> a it's like trying to jump into a show. Right. That you haven't been following. It's like, oh, just jump in season yeah. three. It's like, yeah. I can't just turn on Endgame. That's right. true. I mean, I'm sure I could just turn on Endgame and enjoy it for what it is, but it's but like... But you're going to have a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. as a person who hasn't been on the train from the get-go, I don't... I, like, I enjoy the fact that there are that there is this gigantic catalog of movies that are all connected that at some point in my life I could just when I don't care anymore I can just yeah, sit when down you're and retired watch it. And yeah and I can just robots watch robots are running the world exactly yeah. but I don't know when that's going to be because I'm the type of person that I'm going to be like okay I want to start it this one mm. and follow it all and the way follow through follow it all the way through I want to yeah. know what people are talking about when they talk about Thanos and the snap right, and like right. I think I've figured it out from memes and stuff <laughs> yeah, but like so weird, I don't but that's fucking a cool know thing now like yeah. Who would have ever thought when we were <laughs> comic book nerds as kids that this would be a cool mainstream? Like, where the hell were well, the, all these people? Like, everybody's apparently now nostalgic for a I, thing that nobody seemed to be into when I was. I think this because the, before they were just making shitty comic book movies. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have the technology. You mean Captain America from 1990? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean Ben Affleck's Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> what were some more really bad ones? that came? They, They'd be like direct-to-video... Thor versus the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. terrible. Every them. Superman movie, dude. Every Superman, Every Superman movie. Well, the first <laughs> few Supermans were good, I think. Although, no, wait, when wait, I go wait, back wait. to them, I am kind of like, I don't Christopher know. Christopher Reeves was a good Superman. It's just made in the 80s. Dude, I loved, I loved, he was like my hero when I was a little kid. Christopher Reeves, Superman. I had a, I had like a cutout from a magazine that I taped to my wall. <laughs> I mean, they even had Richard Pryor in one of his movies. So that was, That's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, Jimmy, did, yeah. you, did you tell us yours? I, I've just kind of been just talking about all of them. I, I, I don't know if I've necessarily had a favorite. Uh, some of the ones we haven't talked about yet that I did see. Uh, we touched on the dirt. We haven't really talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yet. Oh, that's yeah. one I want to talk about. We should definitely touch on that one. I actually have. We should touch on that one. I have The Once Upon a Time. I literally just finished that movie last night. <laughs> so, one of the reasons why I feel like I'm a little partial to this movie, and this movie got very mixed reviews from a lot of people, mm. is that I happened to be in L.A. visiting my friend when this came out. Mm. And I had the privilege 
of watching it at the Chinese theater wow. in, oh, like right cool. in Hollywood sure. the nice. night this movie came out. Wow. And Packed. so like that it was actually I think it was like I think I think the movie technically came out at midnight the night before. So it was like the first day. Okay. I went there at like ten the next day. They mm. had been shown at like six every theater in there was playing it. Mm. You went in there, they gave you the poster, they gave wow. you like all the shit. So it was like it was it was it was full. The movie theater was completely sure. full. Like we I had to sit we had to sit all the way in the bottom right, like right under the screen. Mm. It was one of those things where like my friends were like do we even want to see? Yeah, why are there, there even seats there? Yeah. Really, like. I mean, I, I literally sat there. The aspect ratio is all fucked up. Like, yeah. somebody puts their hand out, their hand is like expanded. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Why are you putting seats here if the experience is just awful? We decided to do it anyway. I enjoyed it. It was something about watching a movie that's based in Hollywood. Sure. Like, we were literally, we yeah. drove down yeah. those hills to yeah, get to yeah. the theater, yeah. and then we're yeah. watching a movie about the hills. Yeah, like, you cool. encountered that's several Manson cool. cult members on yeah. your way. And I, I you waved a squeaky. <laughs> I appreciate, like, kind of the same way with the Irishman because the Irishman was obviously based on a true story but the whole how they tied into how Hoffa was murdered I feel like that's still like an unknown yeah it is it's still an unknown he took a lot of liberty with kind of inventing history I like that about this movie couple gripes about it Uh, I didn't like the fact that Brad Pitt's character was able to beat up Bruce Lee Right, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was disrespectful to Bruce Lee. Yeah, um, I did. I, I also another gripe. I, I just really wish when he was driving the car and the girl in the seat next to him goes like, "You want me to blow you while you're driving?" I wish you would have just said yes because mm. I would have said yes. <laughs> but she was underage. You can't she do that. She was like 18. <laughs> she said she was. Yeah, 18. I think. It was. <laughs> Whatever, dude. It was the 60s, bro. Whatever. Whatever. That was one of my gripes. That was one of my gripes. But other yeah. than that, I don't understand why so many people like the same gripe Gene Siskel had about a lot of movies <laughs> I think I just I thought uh, as far as Quentin Tarantino movies go like I like Quentin Tarantino mm. I appreciate what he does uh, I I thought the ending scenes the violence was perfectly tasteful like when Brad Pitt's <laughs> beating the shit out of everybody oh that was right. so satisfying yeah like that I thought it was a classic Tarantino movie and I thought DiCaprio and Brad Pitt it was a perfect length they both their roles were very believable I thought it was a perfect amount of funny and action and it's like I don't understand why people are hating on it so much alright mm. so this is I just finished this movie last night. Um, you're going to get two different responses because I had the same discussion with my wife last night. I enjoyed the movie. I'm a big Tarantino fan. I thought the movie was great. Um, compared to his other movies, probably one of his worst, I would say. And the only reason is I, I know a little bit about the background of the older movies that they were trying to represent. And, and you know, I kind of followed that 60 Hollywood, James Dean mm-hmm. era. But for my wife, who has, who's clueless about that, it was just a bunch of people talking on the screen. Uh, her favorite part it was the end where it actually... The, yeah. the, so it was a lot of me ta- telling her, this is nostalgic because this is what this is a role Clint Eastwood would take, or this yeah. is nostalgic, because yeah. that, mm-hmm. that was cool to me. To her, yeah. it was just kind of like, uh, <laughs> like I had to explain to her, like... So she appreciated it less because she didn't get all the references. She didn't get, yeah, she didn't get, she just didn't get the movie. See, I, I almost feel like I was kind of in her position, because I, I mean, like, I, I'm familiar with James Dean and, and Clint Eastwood, but I'm not, again, I'm not a big mm-hmm. movie buff, so I feel yeah. like I was watching that kind of as like a... It's a total time capsule. Like, yeah. I, 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 I loved it. I lo- <laughs> Not his best movie, but I, I did like it. Um, I thought that this movie was perfect for showing... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's acting range. Mm-hmm. 
um, I thought that amazed me because mm-hmm. you're an actor playing an actor playing a part. Yeah. So he's basically, you know, he's playing three parts in one scene yeah. with three yeah. different accents. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, that's that's yeah. he's a act- phenomenal actor. That's some acting world. chops. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I the only my favorite work of yeah. his. Growing pains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rain <laughs> off the charts. I will say one generic gripe that I have with any movie that has a child actor in it is I cannot stand, I cannot stand the child, the kid in the movie who's like smarter than all the adults. I hate that. Mm. Yeah, it's, I hate yeah. that because I can see that it's like. First of all, I can see the kid outside of the movie and just know that it's like some kid with like overly aggressive yeah. parents who are like, <laughs> right, "You're yeah. gonna go to this audition. You're gonna get this role." And the kid always plays this like. There's no eight-year-old on the planet that talks yeah, like that. Yeah. You don't talk like that. You don't yep. sit in a chair and read a fucking book and lecture a 45-year-old man about his career. <laughs> right, that doesn't yeah. happen. And I hate that trope. Like I just, it's so prevalent because kid actors are are kind of like that. They just yeah. are fucking weirdos. And then and then they wind. Sorry. <laughs> but they and they wind up and they just wind up being annoying weirdos in the movie. Yeah, and it bugs me. It's like you're not even a good actor. You're just an, an annoying, obnoxious child that is playing in a movie on camera, and you're just. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Be an eight year old. Eight year olds don't say that. They don't use those words. All right. Well, here's my opinion on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Utter crap. Utter crap. Mm. I hated it. <laughs> I utterly hated, hate, it? hated it. It was Hate a slow. It, I, it was a I, slow movie. I. That's <laughs> easily Tarantino's worst. Definitely only that one I ever wanted to just leave. Like I just wanted it to be over. Really? Yeah. I just. I thought it was like. I. I was torn between. I was like, either this is like his hackiest, like least original rehash of all his old ideas, or it's like some brilliant meta satire of himself. I honestly don't think he had. I don't think there was really a plot to this movie. Right. It was just showing what life was for an actor during that period of time. Yeah, I did I didn't get it. Like yeah. maybe there's some genius that I'm missing out on yeah. which wouldn't be off the table, but like it's it's just like it felt like we have no new ideas. This is we're just taking little things from every other Tarantino movie. Is boring and just wasn't interesting. Definitely his worst movie. Definitely, I, yeah, I, I liked so. it. Really, but his worst. worst. The Hateful Eight. I, I, I thought. I thought the Hateful Eight was really clever. I thought the Hateful Eight was okay. I'd probably yeah. say it's probably second to worst. Or Dude, close. that movie was like it was like watching a fucking infomercial for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, look, I enjoyed it. I but might like, be biased because I like Quentin Tarantino. Only so much too. So do, I do. love yeah. Quentin Tarantino. That's part of why I hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> like, yeah, objectively, it's probably better than a, a lot of movies out there. But like, it's just—I don't know. It's just such a bummer of a like. It's, it's like you're now parodying yourself. Unless this whole thing is a parody, it, like it did almost seem like a metaphor for like an aging movie director. You know, like. <sighs> Um, and that's maybe that's the brilliance of it. If that's the case, then yeah, it's kind of brilliant. I, I actually I think he did take steps in that movie that kind of blatantly said what you're saying. Like he was right. kind of acknowledging that he yeah. is literally parodying himself. Right, right, you know? yeah. right. Which but, is yeah, I could brilliant see that. because if, that's the theme of the whole that. movie. If he went all the way with that, I I would think that that was brilliant in a lot of ways. But I don't think he did. I think it was just kind of like. I'm acknowledging that, but this is also supposed to be a cool movie, and I, I don't know. I just and I also some, did there think, was moments of brilliance, definitely. But I did think the, I did think 
the Bruce Lee scene was disrespectful to Bruce Lee, but I laughed the hardest during that scene. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, good, it was a good scene. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good scene. scene. It was a good yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. But that's definitely not how. Bruce and I actually Lee was. think it probably did capture because I did hear Bruce Lee was kind of like a he's fucking a cocky. Cock. Any, yeah, anytime yeah, you're like good at just, something, you're going to be cocky. Yeah, you know what and I mean? he was. I mean, was he a good fighter in real life or just like on screen? Like I heard he, Chuck Norris said he could beat him. He he was a fighter. Yeah. He was definitely a fighter. Now, would I say he could beat like? A UFC professional? Right, no, right. probably not. But, yeah, I uh, feel like that's what they during, were. That's what they were trying yeah. to say. There is like during a street that, fighter is going to be. Yeah, he he knew what he, he had. Schools, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he was a showman. Yeah. More he was than a anything. showman. Like yeah. in a lot of those videos of him, like knocking someone out with like a three inch punch, mm. were clearly staged. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they did say that they used to have to slow down the footage a lot of times. Yeah, when he was doing these stunts to, oh, yeah, to he capture was, everything. I mean, he was incredible physically, yeah, definitely. Physical but shape, he was incredible. Like Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris. Like famously did say that like about that about Bruce Lee that like because Chuck was like an actual mm. fighter mm. you know you know it doesn't get a lot of credit for how fucking good they were martial arts wise Jackie Chan Jackie yeah. Chan is people is people don't good. even realize in how real life he's in, in real, real life, life yeah how fucking amazing he is martial yeah. arts wise because he just kind of took that you know he he like just became kind of like a comedy guy yeah absolutely rush yeah, hour yeah, I like Jackie Chan right. that was cool yeah. but yeah Bruce Lee definitely I thought maybe maybe it was kind of interesting that he he got his ass beat by Brad Pitt's character because it's like <laughs> but they say that's that's based on a true like oh, a really? true happening of um oh, wow. I don't know if you know about a guy named Judo Jean LaBelle I've heard the name apparently for some reason, I don't yeah why. they had like a little sparring match in Judo like uh, Jean LaBelle like threw Bruce Lee across the room really or yeah Wow. Same same guy who apparently um, was working as a stuntman for Steven Seagal mm. and choked out Steven Seagal, and the, the famous Steven pissed himself <laughs> wow. while he was unconscious. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you can't let those things out. You yeah, exactly, yeah. You keep those out. All right, guys. Well, this has been an excellent episode. Any uh, Anything else we want to touch on before we get out of here? Any movies we forgot about? Did we talk about the dirt at all? Can we? We touched on it a little bit. We touched on it a little bit. We can talk about that some more. Cool. Yeah, I I just, uh, I don't know, that movie just got me stoked. As a musician, you're a musician. Yes, yes. I love those movies because it just just got me pumped to to just want to be a successful musician. Right, right. I was a little disappointed with it, honestly. Like, I've been looking forward to that movie for like 15 years since (laughs) since that book came out. Yeah, the book's great. Almost 20 years now. What didn't you like about it, dude? It doesn't cover the book that well. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a little too shiny and like mm-hmm. Hollywoody, you know. Like it was a little too cinematic. I wanted it a little more raw. Yeah, and a little like, more darker moments. Yeah, and the, honestly, yeah. I don't like it when they same complaint I had was straight out of Compton. Like the cinematography was like too shiny and bright. Like I, I like movies like that a little grittier. You know what I mean? That makes mm-hmm. sense. That and. Makes- um, and I thought like the ending was just very tacked on, like happy ending. It was. Know, like, it was just yeah. like we're ending. This is happy. Bye. Right. <laughs> yeah. It should have. It should have been a little nastier. I think. Like instead of having this tacked on, like yeah. kind of, and it all turned out all right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. But I, I enjoyed it overall. I watched it a few times and. But I, you know, like I said, I've been waiting for that since like 2001 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just a lot in general. I'm gathering. I think I'm just a lot easier to please when it comes to movies. Because I, I well, put, you're less of a 
you know, like me and Byron are probably like dissecting them a lot more. Well, you guys are, yeah. you know, more intelligent, more sophisticated. <laughs> I, don't more mature, I don't know about I don't know about larger genitalia. <laughs> yeah. Just all around, not as good of a person as you guys. Right, so that's right. why it's easier. Yeah. For, I just sit in front of a screen and I'm just impressed yeah. by the fact that the picture's moving. Just, oh, right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe it. Well, you are Greek. So. <laughs> well, that's true. As was Tommy Lee. There we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. This has been a great episode. We will see everybody next time on The Confessional. Peace. Peace.